Steve Cohn is an attorney at Pollock Cohn in New York. They describe themselves as a litigation boutique that focuses on three things, whistleblower cases, class actions, and public impact cases. And in the last category, they are best known for conceiving and bringing the case that finally menthol cigarettes got banned and representing 250,000 New York City retirees against City Hall in which they won a $600 million victory. Steve is also the author of seven books, including three bestsellers, and is the first person ever to have an op-ed in the New York Times and Wall Street Journal on the same day. He claims to know very little about politics, but was in fact a junior staff member of Ronald Reagan's 1980 presidential campaign, where he was responsible for writing most of the attack ads, and also co-chaired a task force on early childhood literacy for the first lady, Hillary Clinton. He really knows a lot about politics. He's prolific. His articles appear all over the place, and uh, he knows a lot. So we're going to have him here today to discuss two things. We don't want to regurgitate what everybody else has been saying um, regarding the midterm elections. We want to do something that that has you know some some resonance that's a little bit different. So I'm going to start off by telling Steve my thoughts and see if I can provoke him into an argument, which shouldn't be hard to do. Steve, I actually think that one of the reasons everybody misjudged the midterm elections and the Republican red wave that didn't happen is because of clickbait. I know this sounds really strange, but hear me out. Steve, as we both know, almost all media now is digital and digital lives and dies on clicks, eyeballs. It's the countless articles that endlessly predicted the red waves are in my mind, a result of all this clickbait. If you do an article that says, for example, Lee Zeldin trails um, Hochul by seven points, you put that up say in May, June, and that doesn't really change at all until November. Nobody clicks on it. So the writer of that article, the website of that article gets no revenue. If you put up a, a, a click, an article that says uh, Zeldin narrows gap against Hocho by, you know, a tremendous amount could take election. Republicans look like they're going to take New York. If you do this Everywhere you go, and I, since you know, I, I read like you do, you know, four hours a day on the web. It's clear to me that this created a tremendous amount of um, enthusiasm on the part of people to like read the articles. Ergo, more revenue for everybody. But it wasn't true. But they could generated their own wind. Please tell me what you think of that theory. I love your theory, and I hate your theory. Let's talk about who the real villain was first. Not, not the villain. Who made the worst mistakes? And that, I think, is the pollsters. Were they talking to themselves? Were they talking to um, the wrong people? Yeah. What, what, why they got it so wrong this time in one direction, they got it equally wrong when they were predicting in 2016 that Hillary was going to run away with the election against Donald Trump. What's going on? Well, the Trafalgar group are guys who are very smart, but in this case, completely also misjudged this, but they won in the Trump case. They're very clever. They claim it's all an er a bias era um, uh, regarding talking on the telephone. People don't talk on the telephone anymore. They don't want to answer the answer calls. And if you answer a call, you're biased that you're willing to answer a call. There's a whole group of people that just will not talk to anybody on the phone. I'm one of them. 
So I think that if you sample based on phone calls and asking people questions on the telephone, the, the entire sample is, is biased and they get it all wrong based on that. But Jonathan, uh, they knew about this six years ago. Yeah, they can't, they can't correct for, it. They can't correct it. They have to correct it. Well, they haven't. <laughs> they're, still asking <laughs> people, <laughs> they're still asking people on the phone. But, 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 but they misjudged it completely in the opposite direction six years later. I mean, it's yeah. so both sides are, you know, are, are either not telling the truth or not, they're not talking to the right people. I, I, th I think people, they, they were sitting in a circle, patting each other on the back and saying, oh, we, we, we have the solution. Look, I agree with you. I, I read, like you do, lots of new, old fashioned newspapers. I actually read old fashioned newspapers. In the All morning. right. Let, let me just here's the, I read Apple News. So every morning I read The Guardian, Portico, MSNBC, Axios, Reuters, The Daily Beast, Esquire, Huffington Post, CNN, The Atlantic, The Hill and Time. All right, that's stop just showing a start. We're no, not showing we off. I'm, I'm just telling you that's, that every one of these every one of these sites had these inflammatory articles. Red wave coming, red wave coming. Democrats can't get out of the way. Gashry, Gashry, they're all they're all hysterical. The red wave's going to topple everybody. Newt Gingrich said they're going to pick up 44 House seats. This man's insane. 44 well, How many they actually seats? pick up? I didn't see that. I don't. They, they're lucky if they pick up four, five. But they're, they're in charge. What? They're not even the sure. No, the Republicans are controlling the House. The oh, yeah, state. but they're not picking up 44 seats. That's for sure. They only needed a few to, you know, uh, they only needed five or something like that to, 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 to pick up the, the majority. You know, they may pick up one Senate seat. They may not even pick up a Senate seat. They're not picking up five Senate seats. You should see the list of people that the Wall Street Journal and Newt Greenwich said were going to get elected that didn't get elected, the governors and the, and the senators. They completely misjudged this election. I think they're misjudging because they were literally reading their own nonsense and it was coming back to them in the mirror. It was like they, they, they put out this nonsense that they were going to win all these races. And then MSNBC picks it up because it's clickbait. Reuters picked it up. Let, let me ask you, sir, does CNN or MSNBC, do they get or do they not get paid based on the number of clicks and the amount of time spent on the site? That's I may answer that yes or no, please. Yes, they do. Okay, so if they get paid based on clicks and the revenue is clicks and they're public companies and they have to show revenue growth and they have to have a they're worried about their shareholders. Isn't it better to write an article that 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 scares the shit out of everybody that there's a red wave coming and that the gap is narrowed and it's going to wash out for the Dems? Doesn't that get more clicks from the anxious Dems and the gleeful Republicans rather than write something that's like static? Well. Look, remember, you're you're an old guy, as I am, and you remember this thing that used to be called local news, and the mantra of local news was, if it bleeds, it leads. Right. You get those sure. eyeballs. Okay. Right. I rarely, if ever, watch cable news on the left or the right. Me, me I don't too. Never. Be, I don't Never. want to be in an echo chamber. Me, me too. Okay. Right. So... Now, now the question is, are, are they just keeping their own people coming back, therefore giving them the red meat that you, you know, reasonably assert? You know, what, what you're referring to is clickbait, sure, to some extent. I don't think that it affected the outcome of the election one iota. So I throw out your entire thesis. It doesn't resonate with me, Jonathan. Okay. Well, that was it's fun. It now doesn't have to do with the rest it, of the 50 minutes. It, well, it does. we're not doing 50 minutes because you're not that interesting. We're going to do 35. But, <laughs> you know... <laughs>
but we have a lot of we we'll, we'll cover other subjects in that but if you don't like my thesis explain to me then what went wrong where did all of this this shall we say zeitgeist let's not talk about polling let's talk about the zeitgeist in the culture that the the dems were going to get mopped up and the and the republicans going to we're going to mop be the be the handle on the on the mop where did that come from and why did it happen and why was it because so wrong? It, it happened because that's what people were telling pollsters and pollsters were and it was being reported by the news media. They got it wrong. But what did happen? We did see a pretty important and significant change moving the balance a little bit from the left to a little bit to the right. I think the biggest story of the election, and everybody else is saying this, is the lack of influence of Donald Trump. I think there is a movement to the right in the country. There's a great deal of satisfaction with dissatisfaction with Joe Biden, with many of the crazies on the left, and an equal amount of frustration with crazies on the right, starting with Donald Trump and Marjorie Taylor Greene. And people want to look, it, it's a, it certainly was a referendum on the economy. The economy is not doing particularly well, at least in terms of inflation. I think people are frustrated, and we know for historically that the the party out of power picks up yeah. seats in I mean, your election. And right. that's exactly everybody's, what happened. everybody's talking about the fact that the party out of power picks up seats. So let's not reiterate oh. that because everybody's talking about. It. Let's talk about inflation. That's a really interesting thing. I'm going to say something really radical. I actually give the credit to the American electorate. I actually think they're smarter than than the Republicans thought they were. The Republicans can't do anything about inflation. It's a global phenomenon, folks. Everybody knows this. There's inflation in France. There's inflation in Italy. There's inflation in England. There's inflation in China. There's inflation everywhere. It's a there's a lot of reasons why there's global inflation. The the idea that the Republicans have a plan to bring the inflation rate down from ten percent or eight percent to something back you know to the normal two or three or four percent is absurd. They don't have a plan. There's no possible plan. This is driven by uh, fundamental resource forces and fundamental liquidity issues and, and all these other things that they don't have a handle on because nobody has a handle on that. You're hundred percent right. And I think the American public doesn't want to be railroaded into voting lunatics into office on the inflation premise and find out that they have no reproductive rights or find out that they, they, they don't believe in the election process or find out all these other issues that the Republicans are, are masking and hiding under inflation. So let's give some credit to the American public that said they can't bring this thing down. They don't have a plan for it because they never articulated a plan. They never even put up a plan because there isn't a Republican plan. to. But bring they didn't have to, Jonathan. They didn't have to because the party in power, whether for good or ill, gets the blame or the credit for what is happening beyond their control. And you're absolutely right. You know, the Republicans, this wasn't about the Republicans offering an alternative to how to bring down in inflation. People know that inflation is taking a chunk out of their wallets every single time they go to the supermarket, more significantly, every time they went to the gas pump. And they were paying four and five and six dollars a gallon of gas. Sorry, it's on the Democrats' watch. They get the responsibility. They have to take the blame. Okay, but and I just 
I disagree with that. I think people saw through that. I mean, some people didn't, obviously. Of course, they didn't see through that. I just think the American electorate didn't actually think the Republicans had a plan for inflation that they wanted to do. The only thing that they saw that they had a plan for is to cut Medicaid and Medicare and Social Security, but that's another story. Okay, Steve, so let's go to the crazies, okay? You you use that word. That's a great word. You know, everybody's talking about the anti-crazies, the, the crazies. Steve, I have maintained for since for the last six years now on Dozens of articles I've written and few podcasts that I've done. They're not crazy, Steve. That's a very interesting level, a label to throw on people. They're anarchists. Steve Bannon and Donald Trump aren't conservative. You'll read this word in front of their names a hundred times a day. Conservative, conservative, conservative. They have nothing to do with conservatives. They are anarchists. They want to blow up the government. They hate government. They don't want to see the IRS. What does the IRS do? It funds the government. They collect taxes. This is civilization. Neither, neither Steve Bannon or Donald Trump were on the ballot. No, yes, they were. Their no, candidate, they were not. Their every one of their were candidates on the were on the ballot. Oh, yes, they were on the ballot. Yeah. Their candidates were on they're the ballot. They're proxies. I agree. They're proxies. Uh, okay. So they're and proxies. Or not crazies. They're, they're, they're anarchists. Let's give them credit for having... Anarchism is a real thing. I did two podcasts trying to explain that anarchists historically is a very real, very serious political movement. Started in Russia. It almost at one time was bigger than Bolsheviks. So the, the communists they worry about. I'm telling Telling you that the that, that what this election was not the crazies. Don't label them that. It's, that just sort of like minimizes it. There's an anarchist philosophy in America now. The, the the sane anarchists are called libertarians, and you could see that they got you know two percent of the vote enough to screw up the election in Georgia. But but what was rejected was some of the anarchists, but not all of them. Uh, Kerry Lake is within you know, 60 votes or something of, 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 of having an anarchist program in, in Arizona. The, 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 we may go full anarchist in Arizona. It's very likely that she may win over there. So if those people that were rejected, like in New Hampshire, these, these anarchists got, 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 got turned away at the polls because anarchism is very foreign to America. I, I th and, I, I, look, Jonathan, I okay. love your anarchist theory, but I think you take it a little bit too far. Okay, so uh, uh, reel it back in and explain to us okay. what I did wrong. Um, I don't think the Marjorie Taylor Greens uh, of of the world have a philosophy. Oh, they and, do. <laughs> okay, I, okay, go ahead, please. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Go, go ahead. I, you know, all elections are local, to some extent. I mean, there are people who actually voted her back into office, which astounds me. Not who me at all. Up in the morning. And says, I, you know, I'm an anarchist. I don't want my local government to work. I don't want my garbage to be picked up, the police to patrol my yard, the firemen to respond when there is a fire. Are they saying instead, I'm exercising my protest vote? I don't like X. And let's fill in what X might be. I don't like the cancel culture of the and the wokeness of the left. I don't want to have, you know, Medicare for all. Um, are they for something or against everything? I'm not sure. But in the meantime, we have a largely split country that was reinforced this time right down the middle. I mean, you, you, you have, it was moved from you know, left to right in the House, and we don't know what's going to happen in the, um, in, in the Senate. And who's now emerging? What's, what are the headlines the day after the day after? Who's running in 2024. I saw articles on both about both Democrats and Republicans today in most of the traditional major 
media. The speculation begins. Who's going right. to replace Joe Biden now that who maybe we're lucky Donald Trump won't run? I doubt we'll be that lucky. Um, you know, who, who are the emerging candidates and you know personalities? Okay, um, you want to go there? Sure, I'll go anywhere. Okay, I mean, go there, you won't go almost anywhere. We can we can go into that, but um, I don't think. Let's go back for one minute to the anarchist thought. Okay, I don't think people wake up and consciously say, "Oh, I don't want my garbage picked up or my house fire put out," you know, et cetera. But this anti-government, you got to really understand how why they want Marjorie Taylor Greene in there. They want a punch a nose in the government. This started with Ronald Reagan with his famous quote, what's the worst five things that you've ever heard in the English language? Hi, I'm from the government or something. I want to yeah, help. I'm here to help you. Right. Ah, okay. <laughs> Even you, you're the only person that would know that quote. That's why you're on the damn show. Okay. What did he say? Hi, I'm, I'm here to help you. And I'm here to help you. Okay. So <laughs> Reagan started this anti-government idea that the government was in your way from like this wonderful life that you would have. And it's a very interesting, you know, small government. And then what's his name? Grover Neukrost said uh, he wanted, he didn't want to eliminate government. He just wanted to shrink it or something so it would fit in a bathtub, right? Okay. But this is a carryover from a, a, from the 80s in Ronald Reagan. These people, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lorraine Bobbitt, and, 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 and Mo Brooks, and these some of these other lunatics, we call them lunatics, crazies, they just really are running on an anti... The, the people just think the government is out of control for whatever reason it is. They, they hate the government. And the election part of it is really where the seriousness comes in. It's one thing to hate the government and, you know, hate the IRS or hate, the, hate you know, uh, equal rights or whatever you want to hate. But when you hate the election process and you think that is fixed, that's the, that's the key to the anarchism, Steve. That's what you saw January 6th with those real anarchists storming the Capitol in their outfits and their insanity and their crazy flags and their horns and their, their makeup. You saw real anarchism there. That's what the face of anarchism looks like, you know, to destroy and deface and put feces all over the government. What is that message saying? We don't want any of this. They didn't vote on January 6th. They went in to destroy classic anarchism. They were led by a mob and Josh Hawley gives them the high sign. You don't realize how deep this is, my friend. All right, let, let's move off anarchism to ah, actual right. races that took place. Were there any that surprised you? Yeah, clearly the the, the guy who's uh, within striking distance or a slight lead in Colorado's third or seventh district, whatever, who who has Lorraine Bobbitt on the ropes uh, after they re re district re gerrymandered her district so she would be up three points from the six points that she was already given under the Trump rule. The fact that they're they've had enough of her clownishness is is really really interesting. Um, and then again, of course, let's go to New York, our home state. The fact that Lee Zeldin came within, what, six or seven points of, of, of Hochul, Steve? Yeah, I, mean, I think it was six points, you're right. Six points of Hochul. That's that's really significant because he started off down 24. He started off in what we've talked about this, a suicide mission. I think they were laughing their heads off when he when he announced his candidacy. He was down 24 points in New York state. They're going to elect an election denier, anti-abortion, pro-gun, pro-Second pro, pro Amendment guy. I mean, that that's too common to almost imagine. So they probably, Republican Party said, you know, there's a Yiddish expression, gazai gazunt, mean, you're on your own. Okay, you want to go and do this, go and do this, like, you know, with my blessing. You know, they, they thought it was truly a kamikaze thing. But he closed the gap to six points. What is, and have you, Steve, did you look at the geographic map 
of, of, of Zeldin. Do you know he won 95% of the landmass of New York State? Go look at the geographic map. Hochul has won a couple of little tiny isolated islands in Manhattan and in Westchester and in, and, 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 and in Buffalo. It's like less probably than six or 7% of the landmass. The entire state is red, except a few places. So she's governing, <laughs> she's governing a few, uh, you know, geographically like uh, an absurdity. The point is that 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 was a wake up call, and she whether she will or she okay, won't wake explain up. Explain it to me though, Jonathan. Why do you think Zeldin came as close as he did? Because people in New York State are pissed. They're moving out with. They're voting with their feet. They're moving to Carolina. They're moving to Florida. They're. Mo I'm pissed. I didn't want to vote for Hochul. They didn't give me a choice. Zeldin is a freak. He's a, a lunatic. He's a nut. And if Lee Zeldin were here right now, I would tell him to his face that he, he's a complete clown. Uh, on every level. I, I live in the first district, so I know him. I followed him. I know him pretty well. I've even been in a place and you even met him. He's an idiot. So I wasn't going to vote for him, but I would have voted for a sane candidate, somebody who had a real agenda because I don't like having crazy homeless people pushing people on the subways. I've written article after article about this. New York is, is not what it should be. It needs to reinstitutionalize people. It needs to get the homeless off the street. It needs to crack down on the, on, on the, on the petty criminals that are destroying the fabric of, of retail in our society. It needs to do much, much better on, on where it spends its money. It's corrupt beyond belief. It's pay to play all over the place. But they didn't give me a real alternative. But a lot of people said it's a protest vote. That's what I think. I think I, have to, I actually agree with you. Okay. I, I think the quality of life in New York City, I think the awareness that people have that the subway is more dangerous, that the streets are overwhelmed. We, we have tent cities happily not popping up yet. But we, you know, if you go to Penn Station at six o'clock in the morning, it, it's the equivalent of a tent city. I know. It's, no, it's I know. I've lived in New York for 50 years. I know. And, and people are fed up. And yeah. I think you're right. If, if they had run, if the Republicans had run someone with a little bit more gravitas than Lee Zeldin, thank you, they would have won. Your paper, The Sun, that you're so fond of, wrote an editorial uh, by by the head of The Sun or something, blaming New Yorkers. He he wrote an editorial saying, "Okay, you want more drug addicts, you want more taxes, you 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 idiots in New York, you 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 want you want to get mugged more times, whatever. You didn't vote for Lee Zeldin. He you should read the blistering article that he wrote about you know how New Yorkers are like basically masochists, and we voted for more masochism instead of looking at the candidate that that the republicans put out and said of course they didn't vote for this guy he's he's on the uh, on the spectrum and it isn't the spectrum that most new yorkers wanted to have i thought that was really interesting that he didn't take any self-responsibility uh for 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 nominating this bozo and all he did was uh was blame new yorkers for being you know su suicidal did you so read you, the article you, steve you think the next time around the Republican Party of, or what's left of it in New York <laughs> State will wake up and say, yes, you know, maybe we should find a serious, yes. capable, competent Republican. Yes, I candidate. hope so. Yes, they don't see they don't even have to find a serious, capable person. They just have to find a normal person like a Pataki who he wasn't serious. He wasn't even capable. He was normal. 
He was, a, he was an okay politician. I mean, I, you know, because I, I like the guy. He's okay. He, he, I think if they they don't have to find anybody exceptional, look who they ran against that guy way upstate, some Nazi, not Nazi supporting lunatic and Elaine Dostoffic supported him. You know, they, Kalamatis, they keep running freaks. And if you run freaks, you're going to get, you know, you're going to get the results you deserve. They have to run sane people. They used to run sane people. You know, why can't they run seeing people again? I mean, were they ran seeing people because the, because the registration is two to once again, one against. Well, them. but Who they showed Lee Zeldin. Lee Zeldin showed the path, you know, that 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 there is a pathway that people are dissatisfied. He has more on. credibility in New York now than, you know, probably any other Republican. Probably, probably. You know, Hochul has to either, you know, take this as a wake up call or if she if she wants to continue, you know, on, on, on a disastrous path, that's her business. OK, Did so you ask see me. That, I think it was in the New York Times today, there was an article about prospective Democratic candidates for 2024. And right. did you see AOC on that list? No, they're joking. I didn't no. see the article. No, yeah. they're, they're joking. They're, they're, that's, they're joking. You know who's going to emerge? Pritzker, JB, JD or JB Pritzker, the, the mm -hmm. guy in Chicago. He's got he, he's got the uh, the, the well, he's got a billion of, dollars is what he's, he's got. got he's billion, billion billion he's got billions of dollars. He's got billions of dollars. He he's got the uh, the the, gravi the, the, the uh, fleshy gravitas of Chris Christie, you know. So he looks like an everyman. He doesn't look like an effete intellectual. He looks like he could go into a bar and beat the shit out of you, you know, if you fuck with him. So he he's 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 got a real everyman thing. He balanced the budget or he paid down the debt or whatever. I mean, he looks like he won by a pretty good landslide. Again, they voted a lunatic. I mean, that guy. Bailey or Bali or something the, the, that downstate the downstate Chicago uh, Illinois guy in his overalls the farmer who called Chicago a hellhole and all that I mean you, you got to hand it to the Republicans for finding these people there are a lot of rocks they opened up to find these folks they look what, what do you make real... of Gavin Newsom coming out of California he's a very slick slick operator uh, he looks good he speaks well um, you know, he he certainly knows how to counter punch. And uh, I think he's his, you know, he's the counter counterweight to Ron DeSantis. You know, that he's as liberal, uh, uh, as liberal on the left side as Ron DeSantis is on the right side. Ron DeSantis so, doesn't have 10 cities in his major cities as San Francisco and Los Angeles do. They, they, I don't I don't think that that's a I, I really if you had, they, I don't think that that's a fault of California. I think that's that's a, a national phenomenon. They washed up there. You know, that, that's like looking at a beach in uh, in uh, the Caribbean and that's filled with sargasso and going, oh, my God, you know, uh, th th these these people don't know how to maintain the beaches. I think it just Jonathan, I can write that commercial <laughs> right now uh, with every tense city and every person shooting up and every hypodermic. It's bad. Off, it's uh, bad. No, don't get me wrong. It's, it's yeah. a disaster. Don't get me wrong. It's a and, disaster. It's, excuse me. It's his state. It's, it's true. It's true. It's true. It's all true. It's all you know, it's it's, funny you said something about J.B. Um, I'm going to share with you a little story. Uh, back in the 100 years ago, in the uh, first Reagan presidential campaign, I was a junior guy. I'm sitting there. And I get a call one day, and nobody else is around. I pick up the phone, and it's J.D. Apple, the chief political correspondent for the New York Times. Oh, sure. And Johnny Apple, right? Johnny yeah. Apple. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Uh, he's I mean, he's, yeah, he's a genius. Johnny yeah. Apple. Johnny and, Apple. He's a genius. Right. And Johnny Apple says... Are you guys running commercials about Reagan's <laughs> tenure as governor in California? And I said, yeah, we, we are. Why? He said, well, as I'm walking around here in Indiana, whatever the swing state was at the time, and I keep asking people who you're voting for. And more and more people keep saying to me, 
and in the swing district, I'm, I'm voting for Reagan. And Johnny Apple says, why is that? And they keep saying with the same words, he was a good governor. He sat down <laughs> with labor and yeah, management right. and turned a deficit into a surplus. I said, those are the exact words of the commercial. <laughs> and Johnny Apple said, well, keep running it because it's working. <laughs> and, you know, so when you're saying if, if Pritzker's, you know, claim to fame is going to be that he, you know, he, he turned a deficit into a surplus in the state of Illinois, God bless him. It worked once it can work again. Yeah, you know he's a, he seems to be an effective governor. Uh, he's as you said, he's got billions of dollars. Uh, he has an everyman um, quality to him, and he knows how to punch. He's a punch backer. He's not so he's not going to take a, a punch and 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 get a glass jaw and, and fall down like, like like Donald Trump. As soon as you what about starts, our vice president Kamala Harris? What do you think of her, Jonathan? I don't think she's effective. Uh, I don't think she knows how to communicate. And um, I think she's got chaos in her office the way Trump does. Uh, my friends who know her don't think very highly of her, Steve. Uh, people who've interacted with her don't think very highly of her. Is she, she the front runner? Oh, God, no. Oh, God, no. I, I, I don't think she I don't think she she has a 10 percent. Uh, uh, a chance of uh, of being nominated. I don't think she has any any chance whatsoever. Well, go back to the obvious. Do you believe that Joe Biden is going to run again? I hope not, Steve. I, I didn't ask if you hope not. I said, do you think you? I hope? really don't know. I'm not that smart. I hope not. Tell me what you think of DeSantis. I wish he didn't go down the path that he's gone down. I wish he didn't play to the MAGA. Uh, uh, group with 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 the uh flying the 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 yeah the the flying the those those poor venezuelans venezuelans to 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 martha's vineyard he doesn't need to do that he could really be a centrist or more centrist move to the center he doesn't need to entertain uh the the libs the libs the the, he doesn't need to do that he's a yale graduate a harvard university graduate you know he's really a smart guy this isn't a fool and he doesn't need to, to to play to that opera house. He can he can do better. And I wish he would. I don't think that uh, he he. Un- I don't know why he doesn't understand that right now. If somebody's so smart, he should make me his campaign manager. I'd get him instead of a twenty point lead. I'd get him a thirty point lead. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ron, you listening? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's it's funny. I I I've been told that he is a proponent of mandatory national service, which is- Oh, you know, now you're gonna, you're gonna, you, you got your ax out. You're ready to grind it? Okay, I'll let oh, you have I five minutes it. on your ax because I agree with you on this. You know, and, I've always agreed with you on this, and, 100%. And, and Pete Buttigieg is also- Would a, you please, for the audience that's listening, please explain what, where you're going with this. Your soapbox, please. Yeah, thank you very much. You gave you five, after 37 minutes on the air, you finally give me an opportunity. Well, you held out 50, so you still have the opportunity. We're not doing 50, but speak fast. I'm in favor of all people, young people, between the ages of 18 and 22, having to do 18 months of mandatory national service. Not military service necessarily, that should be voluntary. But whether they work in an environmental project or in a daycare center or an old age home, everybody has to serve for 18 months. Minimal pay, maximum participation. And both Pete Buttigieg and Ron DeSantis are supposedly in favor. That would be an interesting proposal to see them both make. 
That would, and I agree with that. I've always agreed with that. Looking at the state of Israel, um, which you know I spent a lot of time in, uh, th what that national service has done for that country is is beyond belief. Uh, yes, a unfortunately, it's, it's a leveler. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately, it's all military there, but 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 not all of them are on the front lines, and not all of them are are, are you know uh, policing the West Bank. It's a leveler. It's a bringer together. People make lifetime friendships there, and it and and it does bring people together as 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 you know as military. Service service does. I mean, it's okay. Was, so let's move off my family. wonderful idea and go back to your wonderful idea of anarchists. Did you wake up on Wednesday morning and look at the results and feel more fearful, energized, hopeful? How did you actually feel after this election? I felt that um, America uh, righted itself. As you know, I'm a sailor and uh, sometimes boat gets, boats get knocked down. And uh, a good boat has a, what they call writing moment. It automatically comes back up because there's a keel and, and a ballast. So it writes itself, even though it's been knocked down. I felt that America had been knocked down by Donald Trump and, and, the, and the MAGA Republicans, and it righted itself a bit. That's that some sanity prevailed that the Maggie Hassan or whatever won in New Hampshire and and, and and some rational saying, you know, uh, Josh Shapiro won against Mastriano or something. I mean, they really fielded um, the anarchist group. And Kevin McCarthy is Speaker of the House. Is that writing? No, but as we said, Steve, we were going to take a punch, right? So it's a question of, you know, if you're going to get beat up, do you want a bloody nose or do you want two broken legs, right? I mean, you know, so you're, you're walking, the other way. You're, you're walking you're down the door. Down you're, you're on the starboard side, it comes up and now your, your, your port rail is in the water. It, 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 it righted itself. It, 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 is there damage? Yeah, there's damage done. But as again, my analogy of you walking down a dark alley and and and, and they're, they're muggers. Do you want to get you know? Do you want a bloody nose? Do you want two broken legs? I'd rather the bloody nose. So you know, this was a bloody nose for the Democrats, but it's not two broken legs. So in a sense, America righted itself. I was that's how I felt afterwards. That some sanity in some places prevailed, and I think the the, the message is that following Donald. I mean, how many times now have we read this? You know, following Donald Trump's psycho behavior off a cliff is is not a strategy for the Republicans going forward. That seems to be the message the Republicans are waking up to, or at least sane Republicans, that the MAGA group, uh, it, it, you know, it can, can win in, you know, very marginally tailored green places, but can't win in Pennsylvania and can't win in Michigan, which is like the houses, the state house flipped and the, you know, I mean, all sorts of stuff is going on that that shows that there's a, a movement back to sanity, which is which is America. I actually agree with you. I woke up looking at those results saying, we're a little bit better off than we were 48 hours ago. Right. The, the fear of it going completely wackadoodle was very possible. It was very- Yes, weird. right. And I think, right. I think your analogy of the sailboat that writes itself is a good one. Um, the, yeah, the, other, the other rails is approaching the water, but I think we're gonna be okay. Good, I'm glad you think that. Um, I think we, you know what, I think we're going to end this because you just agreed with me on something and you liked my analogy. So rather than like, like risk, um, you're disagreeing with me and, and making, you know, untoward remarks about my, my, my uh, intelligence. If we end this right here, it's a high note. And so I think we will. One last thing. Will you come back? This was fun. Anytime. With you to talk about almost anything. Okay. Anytime. Listeners. Steve Cohn actually is a pretty smart guy. Paula Cohn, 
you have any litigation issues, class action lawsuits, <laughs> <laughs> uh, public policy disputes that uh, can net him a lot of money, give Paula Cocon a call. Steve's a pretty smart guy. Tell him I sent you. Uh, I'll get a discount. <laughs> Talk to you, you later. Know, they get the discount. You get the commission. <laughs> oh, I see. Something like that. Anyway, we'll figure it out. Listeners, thank you very much. Uh, th this has been a, a fun time with Steve Cohn. Listeners, thanks again for tuning in to Out of the Box with Jonathan Russo. Your input is valuable to us, and we'd really like to hear from you. Please send us an email anytime with feedback at ootbwithjrusso at gmail.com and follow us on our Twitter page, ootbwithjrusso. Listeners, believe it or not, we're on Instagram. Only about 15 years too late, but better late than never. Please follow us at OOTB with Jay Russo on Instagram. This has been a copyrighted production of Grapevine Incorporated. All rights reserved.